It is a delight and a privilege to preach before you today, even if I am physically apart from you. Last time I was with you was in person more than a year ago. It was a, such a memorable time for me to greet and meet many of you. I can't wait to worship with you in person again when it is safe to do so. While we are apart, God is never apart from us. Let us pray. Dear God, open our hearts and minds through the power of the Holy Spirit. As scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed so that we receive your wisdom. Amen. One sunny afternoon many years ago, my partner and I were in my old stopping grounds in Koreatown near Christie on Bloor. We had to stop to admire a con concrete planter full of flowers sitting on the edge of a grocery store parking lot. A woman entering her house just beyond noticed us standing there. She was telling us that she had planted these flowers. They were not on her property, but since the big planters had been left un unattended, so she had taken it upon herself to see that there were flowers, a wonderful act of service to the neighborhood. After a very short visit with this lovely grandmother lady, we, she surprised us further by inviting us into her backyard to show us her own private little vineyard. She enjoyed it, telling us how they grew and how she made wine from them. She told us that she had to prune and tend to the vines. This was a 10 minute lesson in grape um, growing. It was a remarkable and joyful encounter. Some years passed and my family moved to Saskatoon. A church friend in Saskatoon invited my family to visit their home one summer day. Our friends were gardeners and had all kinds of plants in their backyard, but we were particularly impressed by the grapevine. We tasted the grapes. They tasted heavenly. Our friends encouraged us to grow our own vine and gave us a few plants to get started. We found the sunniest, the warmest spot in our garden and put them in a row. Every day, we faithfully checked the plants, watered them, put supports in so that the vines could grow and weave. We thought we did everything we could do. We really did work hard to grow great vines. What happened? Well, Let's just say that we did not leave the house with a vineyard in the backyard. In the Gospel of John, God is the vine grower and Jesus is a true vine and we are his branches. As a good gardener, God removes every branch that bears no fruit. God does a bit of pruning. God is the pruning God. 
vineyards were familiar to Jesus' disciples and also to the Jewish Christian community within which the Gospel of John was written. Jesus' flowers, followers and the earliest Christians would pass vineyards as they walk from place to place every day. Some likely had their own vineyard or worked in a vineyard. They were able to discern fruitful branches from those who drain the vine's energy and yield no fruit in return. They would learn how to trim branches all the while feeling good about the surgical purpose of their work. Pruning might seem cruel, but it renews the vine's vitality. Pruning is cruel, but it renews the vine's vitality. Useless branches drain the plant's strength to leave them in place, serve no purpose, and reduce the value of the vineyard. The vine growers need to cut away unfruitful branches, and when finding them unusable, they have to burn them. Crisis events often require us to prune our lives. We learn to prioritize things that are really matter, not just as individuals, but for the community collectively. COVID-19 pruned us. It cut some aspects of our lives down to the bare necessities. It also showed us where branches of our community tree need tending. This pandemic revealed poverty, racism, sexism, ageism, and ableism. It revealed things in society, branches of human experience that should not be there, branches of our culture that need pruning. Though there are signs that the vaccines are helping us move out of the pandemic, we will not be able to return to the ways things were before COVID-19. There are areas of life that have been changed and will not come back. But there are also new shoots pushing out to replace what was lost. We need to keep a careful watch as followers of the pruning God. Has there been damage to the vine that needs tending to? Are old unfruitful branches in danger of spring back? Crisis are one thing that will prune our lives. Moving is another. And if that move means traveling thousands of kilometers and adjusting to a new language and a culture, that will require even more. This past year, I have been working on book project to write about preaching in the United Church of Canada, anticipating a centennial anniversary celebration of our church in year 2025. My colleague from St. Andrews College, Professor Don Schweitzer, and I have collected sermons from a variety of UCC preachers going back 110 years. We have sermons from well-known preachers such as George Pigeon, Lois Wilson, Cliff Elliott, as well as Stan Lutzke, who served this congregation before. We also included sermons from lesser-known preachers such one preached 
in a Japanese internment camp during the World War II, and two short Christmas sermons preached to the French congregations in Quebec. In order to behold the future, we need to look back on the past. Reading through these sermons from the past has been comforting and assuring because I have found many of them so insightful, visionary, and bold, grappling with their own issues of the day, which are mysteriously not so different from our own issues today. One sermon speaks very powerfully to me and shares a similar message that we have heard from the Gospel of John today. It is a sermon of the Right Reverend Dr. Sancho Lee, the former moderator of the United Church of Canada and the former chancellor of Victoria University in the University of Toronto. This is Reverend Lee's inaugural sermon with which he preached on the very first Sunday at Toronto Korean United Church in 1969. The very Reverend Sancho Lee served that church for more than 20 years and of course went on to be the moderator of the United Church in 1988. Keep in mind, however, when you hear his words today, that in 1969, he was relatively new to Canada and that he was preaching to a group of immigrants. Most of the congregation members would have arrived in Canada no earlier than 1966, the year that Canada uh, government has an immigration policy changed, allowing more non-white people to settle and live in this country. Therefore, most of the congregation would have been in Canada no more than three years when Reverend Lee preached this sermon to them. That is at the heart of Reverend Lee's message as a context. So let me translate his words for you a little bit. The new world developing before us is amazing and bright, but those things that we have become psychologically attached to in the past still call out to us and create a kind of hesitation and anxiety. We have not been practicing the new way of life. Still, we have to spur ourselves on and try to throw ourselves into this new world. For this is the life we have been given. This is the duty that needs our secret stores of courage. It is a task of great value. Those old things that we need to get rid of are the things that our bodies have, been, have become used to and things that we have become familiar with. And so throwing them away will cause sorrow. But in order to learn new things, we have to clear those things out. It requires us to cut away a long, accrued part of our life, and this is a task which is marked with pain. This cutting requires vulnerability. It is a work of completely exposing our weakness and ignorance. That is why it is not something we can do without suffering and passion. But there is a reward of being open to newness. It is like 
having the innocent heart of a child. The Reverend Lee invited his congregation to cut away the old way of life. For Lee, allowing God to prune and teach results in a renewed life. The Greek word for pruning in the Gospel of John is kathairo, which means to make clean by purging, removing undesirable elements, eliminating what is fruitless by purifying. The word pruning, kathairo, is to cleanse and purify. The pruning God is a decisive God. God makes a decision to cut things off and remove things that are taxing the life of the vine and preventing the fruit of new life to come forward. Humans need a pruning and purifying God today more than ever. Take climate change, for example. Dear people of the Timothy Memorial Church, this is an issue that I feel more than any other requires our attention today. UN report on climate change last week is startling. God is calling us to make decisions and prune our life in ways that will allow human life to continue to thrive on the planet Earth. We need to make decisions that stop global warming. God is urging us to cut food waste, cut garbage, and cut the use of energy for heating and cooling, cut buildings that are inefficient and energy-burning houses in the suburb and cities, cut out our private car use, and much more besides. This old Greek wisdom on pruning is so instructive to those of us living in the current climate crisis and ecological devastation. Mark Kenny, the former governor of the both the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, now a UN special envoy on climate and finance, gave the 2020 BBC Reef Lecture based on his book, Values, Building a Better World for All. He identified three crises facing the world today, each starting with the letter C, COVID, credit, and climate. The recovery from the COVID-19 and the recovery of the economy are closely related to the restoration of damaged planet Earth. He said that the ultimate test for a fair economy will be how it addresses the growing climate crisis. What is valued is not always the same as what is profitable. In fact, we painfully learned during the pandemic that financial values have to be replaced with communal and social values. I would add that market values are not greater than the divine values, what God favors. Market values are not greater than the divine values. When the ecosystem is on the verge of the collapse, many economic considerations need to be cut away. The sooner we act, the less costly it will be. Speed and scale 
will be critical. The goal of achieving net zero carbon emissions must be our priority. The good news is that over 140 big countries have committed to achieve this goal and the numbers of the countries are increasing. The manufacturer of certain cars that pollute the air will be pruned in Europe by year 2030. Canadian government also pledged that the sale of gas running cars will be purged by year 2035. Cutting out the use of coal as fuel has yet to happen. There is lots to do still. Dear branches of the true vine, I invite you to look at your home, your workplace, and your congregation. What needs to be pruned in order to tackle the cl climate crisis? What decisive action do you, as a community of faith, need to make to allow life on earth to flourish? What pruning can you think of us think of as a spiritual discipline to cut down waste and eliminate overconsumptions? How shall we contribute to saving the earth as a daily Christian practice? Let me suggest how we can join God in the work of pruning every day of the week, individually and collectively. Monday for meditation. Think about, read about, learn about our planet and what we need to do to keep it healthy. Monday for meditation includes simply delighting in the beauty of the life around you in creation while walking or biking or doing nothing else. Tuesday for turning off machines and lights. Try not to use cars or airplanes and look out for lights left on. Wednesday for waste free. Try not to make unnecessary waste, whether it is food, water, or other waste. Thursday for thrift. Don't throw things out that can be used later or by others. Spend less. Borrow or lend something rather than buying something new. Friday for the future. This motto is not my original idea, but the international movement of young people that started by Greta Thunberg, August year 2018, exactly three years ago. Millions of young people from over 150 countries are doing a prophetic act demonstrated on Friday to demand action from political leaders, to take action to prevent climate change, and for the fossil fuel industry to transition to renewable energy. Saturday for Sabbath. This is an ancient Jewish and Christian practice of resting. Resting can be good for you and I. It is also good for the planet. Sunday for sharing. As we gather as a congregation, let's find ways to share the work we have done to prune our lives for a thriving planet. Be with people that you love and who need your love. Encourage one another. 
Monday for meditation, Tuesday for turning off, Wednesday for waste-free, Thursday for thrift, Friday for the future, Saturday for Sabbath, and Sunday for sharing. I will look forward to hearing how you have been doing regarding this matter next time when we meet in person. These are some tips for pruning. The guiding principle of all these actions is to prune branches of despair and apathy so that branches of hope and new renewal can flourish. Pruning is holy work. May God, the chief gardener, bless your gardening this day and always. Amen. And thanks be to God. Welcome to Timothy Eden Memorial Church, a place for life. Connect, participate, celebrate.